Guys, all I'm looking for is 60% effort, 4,000% of the time. Bears Nation. Bears Nation. Bears Nation. Here's a handoff to Montgomery. Breaks it inside. Still on his feet. Pushing the pile. Touchdown, Chicago. I can get used to this winning thing. It's time for the Bears Nation podcast. Field sets up deep in the pocket with time. Oh, Darnell Mooney went up and got it. Montgomery running left. Cuts it in. Touchdown, Chicago. The Bears march it right down the field. With your hosts, Kevin Lapka. Yes! We do not suck. And you know this, man. And Jake Hassan. Americans love a winner. That's what we're here for, guys, to win. Oh, you smell like a winner. Strap it in. It's the Bears Nation podcast. Come on, fucker. Let's get it on. And he's muted. Oh, this my is God. This Let's, let's create a list. The million ways Jake can screw up the start of the show. Let, let, let's call it. Let, let, I mean, like we have three. water bottle. Like we have three. the wrong date. We have muted. Okay, there's three. There's there might three. Be some more. Yeah. More will come, though. It, it, it's a list yeah, that is I bound mean, to grow. But if there's only three things in the many years we've been doing this show, I think that's a pretty good list. I, I think that's all right. We can live with that. Okay. Okay. We'll cut you some breath. We can live with that. All right. Bears Nation podcast. Monday, October 4th. And you know what, Kevin? I really thought this was going to be a happy show day. I really thought today was going to be about it's gonna be happy. good vibe. Well, eh, mm, mm, I'm upset, and we'll get into that. Aww. But I don't think I don't think I'm the only one because, um, you know, uh, there's a lot to be upset about because um, there's a certain man, a certain coach, who won't just who just can't stop get out of his own way. But we'll get to that because first we do need to talk about the happy stuff. And we need to talk about the Bears beating the Detroit Lions, getting back to 500, Justin Fields playing really well, having a bounce back game after the absolutely dreadful performance that came against the Cleveland Browns two weeks ago. And, you know, so we'll, we'll talk about the happy stuff. Justin Fields looked great. He had some, I mean, we saw a passing attack that actually worked. We saw a pass, we saw passes down the field. We saw the running game just absolutely clicking. We saw the defense getting takeaways and absolutely just be, being being pushed forward and being given life through the offense actually showing signs of life. And we saw the defense play with some spunk and with some swag, and you love to see it. And so you're back at 500, and you know it, it brings you to a new place because if you had fallen to one and three, we would have been saying, okay, season's over. You're screwed. Let's yeah. just start, you know, see who we can get some some experience, see who can look good for the rest of the years, and we'll punt to next year. But you're two and two now, and you are getting into probably the toughest part of the schedule, uh, which we'll get to, but it, it feels more doable to get to the playoffs now. It feels more it feels like the dream is still alive, especially because just the amount of difference we saw in between Matt Nagy's game plan and Bill Lazor's game plan, which it was confirmed that Bill Lazor was the play caller. Justin Fields, I mean, it showed. And he said, you know, Bill Bill's always calm when he's in the headset. Bill's always calm, calling the plays. Funny. And, you know, some, sometimes Coach Nagy is a little chaotic and he's got other things to worry about. Wild statement and really a damning statement from Justin Fields about Matt Nagy. But we're talking about the happy stuff still. And, man, it is nice to see a downfield passing attack 
Uh, the, you know, it wasn't the flashiest game. It was, you know, Justin Fields didn't put up gaudy numbers, but he put up numbers, which is more than you could say about his first start against the Browns. So a lot to take away from this game, this win against the Lions, and a lot to get excited about as the season continues. A lot to be very excited about, and I'll tell you why. And this relates to, you know, Andy Dalton versus Justin Fields in a way and what the differences we saw in the offense from a statistical standpoint. Justin Fields in week four, again, pending. We were recording this five o'clock on Monday Night Football, pending whatever the heck the Raiders in charge do. First in the NFL in average intended air yards with 13.2. First in the NFL in average completed air yards in week four among all quarterbacks. For reference, Andy Dalton. In those two categories, last in the NFL. Justin Fields, first in the NFL in air yards to the six was 3.6, which is a stat that shows the amount of air yards ahead or behind the first down marker on all attempts for a passer. Okay, so the metric indicates that the passer is attempting passes past the first down marker or if he is relying on his skill players to, to make yards after the catch. First in the NFL in that category. For reference, Andy Dalton, last in that category. Highest graded deep ball rating among a Bears quarterback since 2006 per pro football focus. Jake, it was everything we thought it would be. This is why I picked the Bears to win against Cleveland because this is what I thought we would be seeing from Justin Fields. That's why I picked them to win this game 31-13, although it wasn't that big of a margin. It was a win by 10 points. It was a pretty dominant win, I would say. And this provides hope for what your offense can do, what your team can do, and and how you can start to operate as a team. Because although, you know, we'll talk about the defense, and boy, did they get bailed out at times. This was still a game where you felt you felt comfortable throughout it because you had confidence in the offense's ability to get down the field. And, and mm-hmm. it wasn't just Justin Fields making throws. It, it was the running tech. We have to talk about Dave Montgomery going down with an injury. Yet you don't want to see that. They've ruled out an ACL, I believe. They're checking on MCL. I've seen people say IR as possible. I, I think we've just about ruled out it's not season-ending. If, if it was season-ending, we would have mm-hmm. known that by now. We would have known that after the initial test done. He limped off the field. He he tweeted, you know, uh, God has blessed me or something. So hopefully that mm-hmm. means he, he got some good news in some area. But they still had 188 total rushing yards. I mean, this was an offense that was yeah. moving. And what a surprise it was. What a surprise, Jake. I mean, who could have seen this coming once you switch play callers? It's not like we had the evidence last year or anything. It's not like we knew this was like this is what I told and I told you. I said the reason why I'm picking the Bears to win 31-13. I know a lot of people probably listened to the show said you're fucking stupid. Why are you picking them to win by that much? Why are you picking them to win by so much? Because this is a capable team with Bill Lazor. This is a capable offense. This is an offense that does things. This is an offense that tries to go deep. This is an offense that runs under center more than they run, not more than they run under shotgun, but more than uh, than they do under Matt Nagy. This is an offense that has creativity with Wildcat, with Justin Fields lining up as a wide receiver, and then you have a, a jet motion sweep to Darnell Mooney with Dave Montgomery as the quarterback. It's versatile. It's different. It's, it's successful, and it can win you football games. So... I, there, there was a lot to love offensively. I, I can't really pinpoint a whole lot of things I didn't love. I mean, j- those rushing to test statistics are huge. And obviously, Justin Fields is the storyline, although you said no flashy numbers. The, I mean, the number, I go back and watch the highlights, and, and there are four throws that I see where I'm like, holy shit. I mean, you've right. got well. So, you know, so when I said that, I was talking. Well, you you go to the box score and it doesn't pop out to you. You don't say, "Oh my god!" Yeah. Like, look at Justin yeah. Fields. You had to watch the game to be wowed by Justin Fields. Uh, but a couple things. I, I mean, one on Justin Fields, 
something you've said on this show over and over again is that he doesn't make the same mistake twice and that he learns and especially he'll learn on the fly. We saw mm-hmm. that in the fir- the first deep ball Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney had to adjust a little bit, had to make a, a really nice catch to his credit. And then every single time Darnell Mooney had a deep ball after that perfectly placed, led his receivers wonderfully. Uh, so that was great. And so credit to you for pointing that out weeks ago. Um, but Bill Lazor, I mean, protecting his quarterback, actually going with every, we finally saw every single tight end on the roster, on the field, on offense, and not just special teams. We've, yeah, we finally saw Jesse James and J.P. Holtz contributing to the offense, even if it was just as blockers, but contributing. And, you know, we saw that the play caller uh, making the adjustments and helping out his best player, which which is to say Justin Fields. And I guess, you know, David Montgomery is probably your best player on offense, but helping out the most critical position and making sure he's not getting killed out there. Now, granted, this is the Lions. This isn't Jadavion Clowney and Miles Garrett. But the fact that the adjustment was made in general, the fact that we saw multiple blockers, extra blockers, so that Justin Fields isn't getting killed, and so and so that he has a clean pocket and he can move and, and do whatever he needs to do and go through his reads without getting his head taken off, just the fact that we saw that adjustment is huge. And it, make, it gives you a lot of confidence that, hey, yeah, maybe we can beat the Raiders. Hey, yeah, maybe we can beat a team like the 49ers, which yeah. at this juncture we're, we're – probably going to see Justin Fields versus Trey Lance. That'll be a really fun game in a couple weeks. But just the fact that we got there to the adjustment and saw things developing as the game went on. And that was really good to see. Again, you have to take this with, it's the Lions. And they they stink and they reek of an 0-16 team. But this is a Lions team that <laughs> has played well up, up to this point in the season. Better than I think their record shows. I said that on sure. this show last week when we did our predictions. But, you know, it, it's still the Lions. And generally, you beat up on the Lions. And, yes, the Lions helped you out a lot, especially with their red zone offense. But you capitalized. And you were able to make them pay for those mistakes, which is huge. Because we don't know if that would have happened with Matt Nagy as the play caller. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, obviously laser has to stay the play caller. Justin Fields needs to stay the starter, but we'll get in all that. A couple other things. It is laugh out loud. Funny that Justin Fields of his 209 passing yards, 125 of them came from, from Darnell Mooney. I mean, that's just, it's just funny. It's just something funny that, that makes you laugh. Um, obviously, why Aaron does Robinson it make you laugh? That, that's... Because it's just funny to look at. Like, I mean, it just makes me, it just, it, it it's humorous to me. Like, I just look at that and it just makes me laugh. Like, it's not bad. It just makes yeah. me laugh. Like, it just wow. makes me laugh that, that, you know, the other 80 yards were spread through, you know, four I other know, guys. But, but, but most of that production was from one guy. It just makes me laugh. I was a week late on my prediction with Donna Mooney. Remember, I said Cleveland was going to be the breakout game. Uh, and, you know, this, and uh, again, maybe it would have been. Maybe it would have been if Lazy was the play call. You know what I mean? Maybe it would have been yep. that breakout game. And and this just goes to show he might he might be his favorite target. I mean, I mean, he targeted Allen Robinson in a lot of situations for sure. But yeah. I just think that connection that they have, and we talked about the Yankee concept, and we know the deep ball ability that Donna Mooney has, and then you know how aggressive Justin Fields is. Again, first in the NFL in average attending air yards. He wants to air it out. He wants to go hit the deep play, and he is going to try to do that in the coming 14 weeks, 13 weeks that are left in the season. He's going to try to go after you know those deep balls. So I don't think it's even crazy to say, Jake, that their connection and – could, could be stronger than his connection with Allen Robinson. I mean, I, I think that's a completely, and yeah. it's not a bad thing either well, way. Well, I, I you know? said this, though. I said this however many weeks ago, that Darnell Mooney's a second-year guy, Justin Fields is a rookie. Like, there's going to be that natural 
you know, chemistry of being kind of newer guys in the league and Allen Robinson, maybe not going to be on this team next year. And, and Darnell Mooney is going to be around for at least the next three you figure including, including this one. Yeah. But I mean, I, we said this, I mean, we kind of thought this might happen. Well, no, we, we knew it. Well, we didn't know, but we, 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 we had, had a, we figured we, 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 figured. Made, we, we floated the idea out there. Yeah, and and I, it's not, and I do think Allen Robinson's production is going to increase. You know, he's had a slow first four weeks to the season. Uh, mm. Two weeks under Justin Fields, you kind of throw away that Cleveland game. He still had what, like fifty-five yards uh, this past week against Detroit. 63. Like his sixty-three. I mean, yeah, three targets, 63. three targets, three catches for sixty-three yards. Yeah, like that. Like that's that. it. That's that's very good. That's like twenty point uh, one yards per reception. I mean, that that's exactly what you're looking for there for. Um, like for in that category, it's just, you know, he, he probably should be getting targeted more, but I, I'm not going to complain if, the, if we're having success in another area, you know, that, that right. becomes a problem when you're not completing passes. It's like, okay, why aren't you targeting your best receiver? But if you're finding mm-hmm. success with other receivers, that being Darna Mooney, that being, you know, Marquis Goodwin, whoever it may be like, whatever, share the wealth, share the love. It doesn't matter who gets a hundred yards that day, as long as, you know, somebody gets it, you know what I mean? Um, but that it'll come. I'm not worried. Again, this is still a second game. We still talk about those reps that happen in practice. Practice. We still talk about all of that chemistry that still has to be built. That's something that will continue uh, as the weeks go by. So I'm not at all worried about Allen Robinson. I know there's fantasy owners out there uh, who are a little bit scared, who are a little bit, uh, you know, might put him on the trade block or something. I, I wouldn't do it just yet. I think that production is going to increase. And then you're going to start to see the red zone, you know, him start to make more plays in the red zone too. I mean, he's, he's a red zone target, but on Sunday they chose to run the ball three times, three rushing touchdowns, whatever, score mm-hmm. touchdowns anyway. A touchdown in any capacity is healthy for Bears fans. So um, we'll take it. But, yeah, I, I like the connection that I saw. Justin Fields had pinpoint accuracy. It was it was the Justin Fields that we expected as advertised, the one, mm-hmm. um, you know, that you expected to get. But the, as I do say that, something popped in my mind. I, I still don't – like, I Bill Lazor called a, a great game. I still don't know why we're not doing more design runs. I, I still can't get that through my head. I, you know, you have the play action, you have the bootlegs, you have the right play designs and the play calls throughout the game to set up a design run, and it hasn't happened yet. I mean, did, I don't, you know, I, I, I mean, don't think they in, called in one. lasers in lasers first game as play caller, and what really is Justin Fields. I mean, I would consider this his true first start, in which sure. you actually sure. had time to be a quarterback and not, right. you know, a, a man on the run. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that'll come. I, I don't think because especially it, it's easier to digest that when the, there were other facets of the game plan working when the passing game was working and your running backs, you know, were working. So I, I think that'll come with time. I mean, it was easy to just, you know, take what the Lions gave you with Damian, uh, Damian Williams and David Montgomery and through the air. I mean, there's no reason I, I think. I think they have it and I think it'll come, but yeah, I mean, Blazers first game calling plays this year, Justin Fields first real start in which he actually had time to be a quarterback. I'll take it. I'm not worried about that. I think it'll come. Yeah, but that's what, okay. But to that point though, like if I'm laser in my first game calling plays with Justin Fields and I want to do the simple thing, I want to take this simplistically. That's the simplest thing you can do. You know how talented he is. You can say, you know what? We're just going to call quarterback design run and we're going to let the player make plays. I don't have to go out of my way to design an incredible play. I don't have to go out of my way, you know, to, to be uh, an exceptional play caller when I can just allow Justin Fields to use his athleticism to make plays. And that's why I don't understand. But you can't do that all the time. No, no, no. I'm not saying, 
you have to do it all the time. But three times, you get yourself in a third and two situation. That should be one of, the, if not the most confident plays you have to your disposal on third and two. And I've said that for weeks. You watch the Ravens. You watch the Cardinals. You watch what they do in those situations. That should be money zone for Justin Fields' outside zone. Use your athleticism to push in for a first down. I mean, that should be easy. You saw what he did to that Lions defender on that spin move that turned into that <laughs> cool command, uh, pass interference. Like, well, I, again, this, that's no secret to anybody. We know what he possesses from an athleticism standpoint. I just would like to see one or two. Let's let's see it happen once or twice. Well, you know, I think it doesn't have to be six, you, seven times, but let's see it more than. Well, more I, I, than I think three you have times. to consider the situ, like consider the narrative, consider the situation that you were in. You, like you just said, we know Justin Fields can run. We know that can happen. I think after the Cleveland debacle and after everything that happened, I think the most important thing for this game okay, was fair. establishing your formations, establishing that you have a passing um, game. You know, and getting in a rhythm first through the air because, you know, obviously you're going to sure. pass more than you have design runs on a week to week basis. Um, so I, I think considering everything that had happened the previous week and considering that we assume Lazy is going to be the play caller going forward, no matter how much Matt Nagy wants to say, well, at the end of the day, everything goes through me. Screw all that. You, the most important thing for this game was establishing that rhythm and establishing what Justin Fields is com- comfortable with. And I mean, we assume that he's comfortable with a whole hell of a lot, but getting into that rhythm and getting into those comfortabilities with those formations and with those checks. And that was the most important thing for the next, you know, 13 weeks, because at the end of the day, those that as a whole is going to make or break your season more so than how many designed runs you have per game, because, you know, he can do that. Yeah, no, you make a great point there. You know, I do think a lot of this game, you know, they, they saw this as, as that opportunity, you know, you, you mm-hmm. pick the right, if there were any point in the season where shit were to go South and you had to make changes with the play call, you had to internally kind of break things apart and, and really find the core of the issue. It, it was, it was when it happened. I mean, after week mm-hmm. three, you, you face an easy lions opponent at home. This is the perfect game to experiment, get acclimated with a new play caller with Justin Fields and Bill Lazor, just kind of work out the kinks of that relationship. That timing worked out perfectly because we know the rigorous schedule that faces them. Now the next four games have, you have Oakland, which are not Oakland, Las Vegas, which I think uh, is a beatable team. In, in all honesty, you have green Bay, which uh, I think that game is at home undefeated at home. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say they're favored to win that game right now. Is it possible? We'll see oh, coming God, down no. the stretch. Uh, it, it, it's possible. It's possible. Uh, you have the Niners, which I think is a winnable game. Trey Lance versus Justin Fields. And then you have the Buccaneers, who you beat last year. Anyway, rigorous four-game schedule coming up. Perfect game to work out the kinks. Uh, now now let's talk about who you might be missing for those four games. You might be missing Dave Montgomery, but let me tell you why I'm not mm-hmm. that worried. Dave Montgomery has been one of the best running backs in the NFL this year. W- w- without a doubt, that's without a question. He's fourth among all running backs uh, in, in total yards. I mean, what he's done after contact has been incredible as well. Uh, he has been at, at two touchdowns on Sunday before getting hurt. Phenomenal. However, running back is the most replaceable position in the NFL. It, it is. Mm-hmm. You, you know, people thought the Ravens season was over when they lost J.K. Dobbins. Baltimore ranks third in the NFL in rushing yards per game, despite losing J.K. Dobbins. Now, that well. number is heavily influenced by Lamar Jackson, <laughs> but... 
the Bears number could be heavily influenced by Justin Fields if they decide to use that as well. But the running back is the most replaceable position in the NFL. 49ers lose, sure. uh, you know, Raheem Mostert every freaking year. Some random undrafted rookie comes in and rushes for 110 yards a game. This happens every single team. Anyone who follows fantasy football should know that because they're the guys that are picking up on the waiver wire every single week. And now you look at the Bears and their situation. Damian Williams looked really good yesterday, actually, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in the time in which he was replacing Dave Montgomery, he scored a touchdown. He hasn't looked great throughout the, you know, the first three weeks of the season, but I guess we can chalk that up to Matt Nagy's play calling as well uh, and some of the blocking. And then you you have Khalil Herbert, who has a little bit of burst, a little bit of speed. And then our guy, Jake, come off the practice squad, would likely be Artavis Pierce, if I had to guess. Um, and and we, we know some of the things that he can do. The other thing, though, before I let you speak on that, I, every time I, I see Tariq Cohen on the sideline in his shorts and T-shirt, he's jumping around. He, he he's he's looking like he's right, like he he's what is going on? I mean, I well, Greg jump, drags jumping guy, around on the sideline is a little different than going and playing an NFL football. Well, game. yes, yes, but what I, what was he dealing? I mean, this he's coming off the the surgery, the I mean, ACL. Able, yeah, yeah, I know. I I don't. It just I don't. It know. also he, might be just a leak thing. Like he might not be eligible to come off IR yet. Or whatever list he's on. Yeah, I don't remember. I, I wouldn't remember when he was put on IR. I forget when he's eligible. But I don't know. It just seems weird. Anyway, D Damian Williams, Artavis Pierce, Khalil Herbert. You can do things with that backfield. Mm -hmm. I'm not that worried if they have to lose Dave Montgomery for what it in three, five weeks, whatever it may be. Yeah, it's definitely way different. Even if you consider it in the scope of like last year versus this year. I mean, you last year you lost Dave Montgomery for any amount of time let alone an extended <laughs> period of time, you were screwed because, you know, oh, get a Cordero Patterson is starting at running back now. And, you know, Cordero Patterson was fine, but he wasn't a starting NFL running back. And, I mean, he's doing some really interesting things in Atlanta. Like, being he's playing really well in Atlanta. 32 fantasy um, points? What the hell is yeah, that? Yeah, wild. Um, but anyway, like, you're not relying on Cordero Patterson to win you football games or being your lead <laughs> rusher, you know? Right. So it's way different. And now you have guys – like Williams and even Cleo Herbert has looked good in, you know, the short bursts that we've seen him and, you know, Artavis Pierce has stuck around in the NFL for this amount of time. So that, you know, credit to him for that too. Like that means something. So compared to this year, to last year, you know, you have Damian Williams now compared to Cordero Patterson. You feel pretty good about that. And, you know, Williams played well once Montgomery went out and, exactly. you know, he, his long run was 23 yards. So that kind of inflates his, total at the end of the day but even you take that away he was seven carries for 32 yards like that's still almost five yards per carry that's really good so you know you'll take that and i think you'll be fine obviously montgomery's a star and now you know it's never good when you lose one of your star players but damian williams the drop off there isn't as steep as it would have been last year and I, you can live with it if the Chiefs lived with it in their Super Bowl run in 2020 or 2019, sorry, I, I think the Bears can live with it. You know what I mean? Right, like exactly. they relied on him in the final four games of the season in, exactly. in the most important time in their franchise history. I think the Bears can rely on him as well. Um, so yeah, I'm not I'm not worried about it. But again, like if you are, this goes back to what we just talked about five minutes ago. If you are worried about if the front or if, if the coaching staff is worried about that and they you know don't like what they pose from a rushing standpoint. Okay, throw in a guy who could be just as good a rusher as those three guys, and that's Justin Fields. So that goes back to the whole design right. run, uh, the run aspect. I mean, look at the Arizona Cardinals. That team's 4-0. Can you tell me how fantastic their running backs are? I mean, they're, they're working with James Conner and Chase Edmonds. I mean, what are we talking about? You know what I mean? Like, it it, it really shouldn't matter. That's as long gross. As you, you get the, exactly. As long, and, and, you know, 
Chase Edmonds is is a is a good receiving back, and James Conner, I don't know, can he's fine. He's like Jordan Howard, he's like Jordan Howard. That, that's who he reminds me of. You know what I mean? And their careers are actually very similar. But th- they do it with Kyler Murray, and they do it with that air raid offense. So, uh, you know, Bill Lazor doesn't run an air raid offense. He doesn't run you know West Coast spread offense all the time. But, Bill Lazor isn't um, Cliff Kingsbury. He's not Cliff Kingsbury, but you're gonna you're gonna need to see a little bit a Justin Field on the move if you want that rushing attack to to kind of you know make up for what you're losing from Dave Montgomery. More on the offense though. Before we get, to, I have one more thing about the offense before we get to the defense. I I you know tight ends take a long time to develop in the NFL. I understand that. Everyone understands that. You know, mm-hmm. not not always, but traditionally. I, I think traditionally that is the case. I, I, I'm, I'm not entirely sure about Cole Komet right now. You know, and, and look, he, he's not necessarily getting many targets. He, he hasn't had a whole lot of opportunity to, you know, put things on display, but our EP, Justin Kaufman was just talking today about how bad he thought the safeties looked and, and how bad Dion Bush looked or whatever. And then Sean Gibson's injured. And I just, I, I, I will never stop thinking about that 2020 draft you know, where you could have had Antoine Winfield and you mm-hmm. went for Cole Komet. And then you look at, I, I will never let go of that. And I just, I just don't, I don't know what we're doing with him. I, I don't know. I don't know if I like what I right. see out of him. I don't know if they're utilizing him incorrectly. That is very, very concerning to me. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure if we're getting our value out of that second round pick at the moment. Yeah. I mean, you're not for the most part, just because the, the, what you thought you were getting, because you thought you were getting a guy who could contribute more in the passing game and, and catch more balls to be a guy who would be a threat over the middle of the field. You haven't seen that. I do think part of that is just opportunity. Like he's just the, in his yeah. you know year plus here, you know year and a quarter here, he hasn't had much opportunity. The Bears' offenses have been crappy. So you know, hopefully, with Justin Fields continuing to be the starter and Bill Lazor being continuing to be the play caller, you start to see those things. Because again. What I said a couple, not too long ago, earlier in the show, the the point of this week was getting in a rhythm, getting your formations right. down, because it's the lines. You know you can test things, and you, you can kind of ease things in. Now, in this next six weeks, these next six games, can't really afford to do that. you got to go. you got to have – got to know what you're doing, know what works, and execute it. The Lions, you, they're a punching bag. You can test some things out a little bit. So, hopefully, we see the Cole Komet – usage start to ramp up a little bit even the tight end usage in general though i think is something we need to see ramp up a little bit because you can't rely on darnell mooney and Allen robinson exclusively going forward and your rushing attack isn't going to have that good of a game every week because you're not going to play the lions every week so i think we'll see it start to go up a little bit i mean we we also need to see signs of life from some of these other wide receivers too marquis goodwin demir beard we need to see signs of life from these guys at some point um, and I think it, it's going to slowly but surely happen as long as Justin Fields remains the starter, which we'll get to, and Bill Lazor remains the play caller. Uh, so we'll see. I, I'm not, I'm not setting the ship out to sail on, on Cole Komet just yet, just because yeah. I don't think he's. I, I just don't think he's gotten the opportunities that you know. I, I don't yeah. think he's gotten a fair shake. No, he hasn't. And, and and look, we have to treat him the same way we treat the other position groups and the other players when we talk about who has been able to to uh, who has been unable rather to develop under Matt Nagy. He he may very well fall under that category. You know what I mean? So um, and I, I you know you do think about the, the times where he shined last year. Uh, it, it was the Lions game when Bill Lazor was mm. the play caller. It was the Packers game when Bill Lazor was the play caller. You know, so again, that the verdict is out on that. We have to we have to wait a little bit 
um, to, to figure out whether he really is. I mean, you know, you're not going to declare him a bust, but you, you want to see more than one target. You want to see more than two targets. Right. You want to see more than one reception. But also game. you want to see more than three targets for Allen Robinson too. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. So that's I, I think I mean. it'll come. I, I think it's just patience. We can't, we can't make sweeping judgments or, or you know, blanket statements off this one game. We, we yeah. got to let the sample size grow a little bit, you know, after this, after this uh, tougher stretch, then I'll be willing to st- take a hard look at who's being used and how, and then we can kind of make some determinations. But after one game against the lions in which you were mostly just getting your feet under you as an offense, I, I'll wait. I, I'm willing to wait a little bit because even I, I think the Raiders game is going to be a tough game. I do think it's a winnable game, but their defense is not very good. So you'll still have some opportunities next week too to, you know, implement some more things that you want to do on offense but um yeah. go ahead you got one more thing no no no, no. i was gonna say that is that is a very winnable game yeah so the defense i mean a couple i mean obviously they had their issues Deion bush didn't look great uh sean gibson was out eddie jackson still continues to just kind of be there uh but al gogletree hello 10 solo tackles 12 total uh hello to hello travis gibson Hello, Robert Quinn again for the fourth straight week in a row, uh, which is nothing. I don't think any of us saw that coming. Uh, hello, Bilal Nichols, which a little help from Jared Goff in the Lions offensive line. But defense looked good. I mean, the Lions, for as much as they throw, I that was I was fine with that performance. And you still saw some guys. I mean, Robert Quinn. We've been saying it every week, but Robert Quinn. Holy crap. <laughs> like, I don't know what changed in the offseason, but I'll have what he is having because goodness gracious, he looks phenomenal four weeks in. Health. I mean, I, I guess that's what yeah. it is, right? I, I mean, guess, I guess yeah. that's what you pinpoint it down to is, is health. I mean, he, no, it, it's the no gloves. It's the no gloves. Uh, was he actually, I don't, I think he might have been wearing gloves yesterday. He might have been wearing the orange ones. Uh, I can't I, remember. Uh, he's rocking the no gloves first three games of the year. I don't know if he went orange gloves yesterday, but he looks great. Bears lead the NFL in sacks. They lead they the really? National Football League in sacks. How about that? How about it, man? I mean, we talked we <laughs> talked all offseason about what does this defense need to do? They need to, one, take a, get, get more turnovers. They are doing that. They are eighth in the NFL in turnovers. Uh, or actually, they're eighth in the NFL in turnover margin per game. I have to where they're at turnover. But, and then number two, thing with pressure. I mean, the pressure last year was embarrassing for the amount of time they had across that line. And that's why you were getting carved up. That's why, you know, you have giving quarterbacks three and a half seconds to throw every single down. Khalil Mack, four sacks through four games. Robert Quinn has, what, four and a half or five now? Uh, He might have five. Um, You know, a strip sack on Sunday, making plays, getting the turnovers. I mean, mean, the linebackers in general, as Chicago For Real says, I think that's Justin, our guy typing there, uh, um, has – have been phenomenal. I mean, you look at Alec Ogletree, who has that tip ball in the end zone that saves a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I want, I'm not going to say it saves a game, but it saves a touchdown. You have Roquan Smith, who week after week is unbelievable. You have Mack, and then you have Quinn. Now we talk about Akeem Hicks. Goes out early with a groin injury. Don't know what's going yeah. on. If I'm being completely honest, if I'm being completely honest, this defense is survivable without Akeem Hicks at this point in his career. I, I, you know, I think we have gotten no, Jake. Ooh. I think we've gotten past the point where there was times, and, and there, this is still true to a certain point. Akeem Hicks is a phenomenal player. I think we're past the point where losing Akeem Hicks for a game crumbles your defense. I, I think we are past that point if Robert Quinn is playing the way he's playing. And so, the linebackers uh, are, are flying the way they're flying. Couple things: uh, Robert Quinn four and a half sacks, and uh, Cleo Mack four. So pretty good. Hicks, yeah. here's the thing. 
I think from a statistical standpoint, sure, you can survive. But just, I mean, morale, I think, is a huge thing. And he still has the potential to make those game-wrecking plays, in my opinion. Uh, so you miss yeah. that. The thing is, too, if Eddie Goldman's going to continue to be out, then that that's a significant hit. Kairos Tonga, he's played great. He's for a seventh round pick. Uh, that penalty was kind of BS on him. What's he supposed to do there? Uh, like that's the second week in a row where Kairos Tonga's gotten a penalty that I don't think he deserved. But if you have Eddie Goldman there, I think yes, you can absolutely survive without Akeem Hicks. I think with the both of them out, it's a little bit tougher sledding. Yes, and I yes. think the Lions versus you know these opponents who you have coming up in the next few weeks is, is going to be a little tougher. And I don't think we'll be so quick to say, Oh yeah, you can survive without a Hicks. hex. Um, so I, if Eddie Goldman comes back and who the hell knows what's going on there, but if Eddie Goldman comes back this week, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. You can survive without a Hicks hex for a couple weeks. Fine. But I still think you're a better team with him there. Well, yeah, no, you are, but we, we, there were people, and, and there were times where losing Akeem Hicks felt like it was, it was crumbling the defense. Felt like you were a right. different team without him. And yes. and I and I just I don't know. I I think we're past that point. Is all I'm saying. Obviously, you want to have Akeem Hicks on the field. Hell, I want him out right. on the field. When I saw him try, I was like, shit. You know, no, you don't want that to happen. But as far as him being the anchor of that defense anymore or really, I don't know if he's ever really the anchor, but that influential of a piece to where you felt lost without him. I, I think we're past that point. And that's not, that's not docking Akeem Hicks. That's not, that's not knocking him anyway. That's not anything against him. It's just the talent that you have around him now is picking up the slack. And now it's not so reliant on those guys at the middle because you have Roquan Smith. Who's there. You have Alec Ogletree is playing well. You have Robert Quinn playing extremely well. You have Khalil Mack who has stepped up from last year. He's almost got half as many sacks through four games as he had the whole season last year. So these guys are playing better. That's what alleviates some of that pressure on needing Akeem Hicks there. That I think that's really where I'm at with okay. that and why I feel that way at this point. So, cause, cause you felt hopeless, you know, last year because no one else right. was getting pressure. No one else was getting there. And you're like, yeah, shit, definitely. now Akeem Hicks is out. No one's going to get there. You know what I mean? Right. So that's why it feels different this year. And that's why I say that. So. Okay, that that's fair. I'll get on board with you on that for sure because you didn't hit right. I mean, you you outlined it already. I mean, Robert Quinn wasn't playing nearly this well. Klomak wasn't playing as well. Travis Gibson. Hey, Goldberg was out last year too. I didn't even you know out right. all year. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, I I mean you're right. So then does does Alec Ogletree continue to start once Danny Trevathan comes back? I don't think there's question. any reason to pull him. I, right? I, I have not posed that question. That posed that thought. Yes, he he continues to start. I mean, he does. I think, I, so, I think right? he does. I mean, I don't. He's playing well. He he's playing well. I mean, you know, we talked and we have Josh Woods' testament on this. I think we have you know Clifton Ducks' testament on this. Josh Woods actually on the other side of the field last week. He's a Detroit Lion now. Mm-hmm. Um, but the testament just of how important he is to that defense from a leadership standpoint and from a vocal standpoint, that would be the only reason for me to believe that, that they would need that. But I, you know, I haven't seen defensive breakdown. I mean, I've seen defensive breakdowns, but I don't know how much of that has been due to a lack of leadership from, you know, the linebackers who are calling the shots. You know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe there is, maybe there's not, but that would, I think be the main reason that if once Danny comes back, which I think he just started his three week window to return from IR, um, that would be why he would, you know, be sliding there in front of Ogletree. But he's also he, he's a guy, and we've seen this in the past where you know they, they might split snaps uh, on Sundays. You know what That's I mean? Fair. And, yeah. And I have no problem with that. I feel very confident with with Alec Ogletree. Yeah, I, I 
that's just, I mean, because obviously this was far and away his best game uh, stat-wise, just as far as, I mean, this was his first game with double-digit tax, uh, tax tackles. Um, Before that, I mean, he hadn't had more than five, and that was in week one. But, I I mean, I just think he's playing well. And granted, it's the Lions, so you have to kind of balance that. But it was just something I was thinking about. But Eddie Jackson's a ghost, man. He's just there at this Ah, point. So uh, Yeah, I mean. He's just there. It really seems like it, honestly, at this, like, I freaking love Eddie Jackson, man. I really do. I mean, that man, you know, made 2018 so electrifying, was one of the most swaggy players on that team, but he's not as impactful as he once was. You know, it's almost at the point where if he's not missing a tackle, it's a win for us. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we expect Eddie Jackson, you know, ball hawking plays. We expect Eddie Jackson game changing plays. We're just we're just not getting them as much, and and we we saw the forced fumble that happened. I think again was that against Cleveland that he forced that mm-hmm. fumble, or maybe it was against maybe it was against Cincinnati. But as far as him, you know, being one of the best ball hawking safeties in the NFL, being a safety that goes after the football, and that that is what his you know he has made his name for. And and you know, someone in the chat just said Bears need a safety that hits. Yeah, I mean, I you don't need that. I mean, you see plenty of teams have success with safeties who don't hit that hard. I mean, look at Buda Baker, what he's able to do. You know, th- th- that's not 100 Jesse Bates. I mean, th- that's not 100% a necessity, but he needs to. I mean, I don't know, Jake. I don't have the answers, but you're right. It's gotten to the point where if he doesn't make a mistake, we're, we're feeling good about A. Jackson, whereas in the past, we <laughs> yeah. need him, You know, we needed this man to be getting interceptions and, and you know, making plays for us to feel good about where he's at. Yeah, it's also just that contract is so huge. So it's yeah, you know, you're paying him to be that guy and he hasn't been at all. But I don't know, maybe maybe as the pass rush continues to get there to other quarterbacks, maybe those It'll come, baby. come up more. So we'll see what happens. Um before we move on to the quotes from today, we usually don't talk about special teams, but goodness gracious, the punt from Pat O'Donnell that went 60 yards was bananas. I mean, that was just I, I mean, just in a vacuum, that was insanely impressive. Let me tell you right now, Pat O'Donnell, like there, there is few players on the team that I can name as, as pro that I'm pretty confident will be pro bowlers at the end of the year. Rokon Smith, Khalil Mack, as he goes in every year, Dave Montgomery, if he returns, uh, Pat O'Donnell might be the one I'm most confident in. I mean, that man <laughs> has looked absolutely every punt is a damn boom. And, and you yeah, talk about that wow. 60 yarder. I mean, wow. And, and, and look, let, let's 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 get it out there. Because not enough people, you know, th- th- this has been Pat McAfee. This has been, you know, all the retired punters. Put some respect in the names, man. They are important. I mean, the way he's the way he's been able to flip that field and get them, you know, even if it's just, you know, you're punting from your own territory, you get them to the, between the 20 and 30 versus the 30 and the 40. I mean, that that is critical. That's huge. That's crucial. So uh, shout out Pat O'Donnell, man. What What's the phrase that uh, Pat McAfee uses? He uses some sort of phrase to. What, for the uh, brand? Yeah, for the brand. For the brand, for the brand, for those punters, man, total respect, Pat O'Donnell. He's a goddamn king. Yeah, Love reminder him. that Pat O'Donnell at his combine outbenched multiple, if not all, linebackers and defensive linemen. So um, that's just a fun fact. But all right, let's talk about the quotes from today and and partially yesterday. Uh, Matt Nagy, first of all, asked who was calling plays. It, it took a second for him to admit that it was laser, but then had to go on and stroke his own ego and say, well, yeah, but, you know, we do this as a team, and we go through our meetings, and we develop these game plans as a team. And, you know, and at the end of the day, I'm the one that's saying, yeah, I like this. No, I don't like that. At the end of the day, it goes through me. Dude, enough. 
Like we don't, Bro. we don't care. The, C- the Stephen A. Smith, the Stephen A. Smith clip. Hey, I'm gonna tell you around. We don't care. We don't care. Like, we don't care. It's just tell us that Lasers calling the plays. We don't <laughs> care if you need to make yourself feel better. No, enough. We get it. Okay, yeah, you can. You're a good players coach, and you you hold a room, and you're a big character guy. Fine. You're not great at the technical stuff. You're not great at calling at, at leading an offense, and that's fine. There are many coaches like that in the NFL, and sometimes what makes you a good coach is your ability to delegate. Delegate. It's fine. It's clearly working. So I don't need to hear you for five minutes say, well, let's all remember. It's me at the end of the day. I'm still the head guy. We know, dude. That's why you're called the head coach. But just realize your weaknesses. Lead, be a leader and lead and say, hey, I'm not good at this. So I'm going to give this to someone else who is good at it and can create a game plan and can keep my quarterback alive. So I don't need to just say, yeah, Bill was calling the plays. Boom, done. Let's move on. Because then you don't have to say either. And that's the last time I'll address it. Because then you go into the spiel that's obviously going to make people want to talk about it more. Bro, Kevin Fishbane tweeted out, I think he was the one that asked the question, uh, said, you know, the question was, you know, who would you relegate? Did you relegate play calls or, you know, any of that? 164 word response. 164 word response. And Kevin Fishbane is like, this is what my life is. This is the life of a Chicago Bears, you know, beat reporter. Oh, you could, it could have been, it could have been four, it could have been two words. Bill Lazier, two words. You turn it one hundred sixty four. Just answer the question. What <laughs> the hell are we doing? Just answer the damn question, man. I mean, what the hell? Did this guy not take training about press conferences? I mean, because the the weird thing is, like, Matt Nagy seems like surprisingly open to the media, like in other capacities. Like, like when I watch the press conferences, like he seems like he doesn't seem like he hates talking to the media. He just doesn't yeah. give the right answers to the media. It just makes zero sense. And I, you know, I, I somebody, is there a master class online or something about how to, how, how to, you know, talk and press? There's got to be something. And whatever it is, I'm buying it for him for Christmas. I'll send it to his house. He's got a P.O. box or something. I'll send him a, a free master just class. Send it to Hall. Yeah. Hallis Hall. I'll write a letter. Uh, you know, George McCaskey gets those letters all the time. So, uh, yes, needs to do that. But let's talk about the other one, Jake. Let, let, uh, this, oh, my God. I mean, we were having such a great week uh, or, or day on Sunday. Oh, it was freaking phenomenal. You know, Bears win. I felt Barely gave us 24 hours. Didn't, didn't Bro, even give us 24, 24 hours. We can't get 24 hours. I, I mean, we 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 get we get six. Is that what we how many? How many? No, no, no. Because no, how many hours did we get? Well, because he said it this well, morning. Did he say it? Yeah, that was today. No, no, no. Okay, the, it was this the post morning. Game, morning. The post game comments was the the play caller. The quarterback right. comment was this morning. It was, okay, okay. I thought it was was it? Okay, whatever, whatever, whatever the hell it happened, it still happened, and it shouldn't have happened. Matt Nagy doubles down, triples down, quadruples down. You know whatever comes after quadruple. Lost count at this point. Uh, lost count at this point. Andy's our freaking starter when healthy. After Justin Fields puts on that performance, the team looks freaking electrified. The team looks excited. You win a football game, and you seeing still- Justin Fields smile for the oh first time on the God. sideline was, was great. great. It, it made okay. me happy. It was great. Anyway, uh, and then yeah, no, it was great because he he wasn't smiling too much before that, and he's not nope. really that animated of a guy. He's not that emotional of a guy when it comes to uh, you know smiling things like that when i watched him at ohio state he was always you know it's fucking game time let's go straight phase let's play football um where goes one though ask what was the dalton comment it, it was the comment that when asked who's the quarterback going forward man Aggie has said what he has said since week one 
uh, if Dalton is healthy, it's Dalton. Justin's a two, Foles is a three. And everybody is le- like, I don't like, again, Jake, what the fuck is wrong? Like, I don't understand how he's for his sake, for his sake. He and Jake and I, I texted this to Jake. He has every single ability to save his job. He really does. I know there's every there's people out there who think there is an 100% chance he gets fired. That is not the case if if they win football games because his resume has always been about the record. If Justin Fields remains the starter because you want to know why, Jake, they sell out the stadium every week if Justin Fields is the starter. And this front office loves selling out the stadium, and they love jersey sales, and they love concession stands, and they love the money that pours in when you mm-hmm. start the rookie Justin Fields. It's in front of him. He could save his job, and he's not going to do it. Why does he want to be fired? Jake, at this point, I think he does. I think he does. That's, he doesn't want to be here I, anymore. No, I, I'm serious. And, and no, no, no. I was going to say, do. you're not the only one asking that question. Like, there have been people with bigger oh. platforms than ours who have asked that question at this point because it's an insane commitment. to. If this is a bit... It, as someone who's committed to a lot of bits in his life, this is an all-time commitment to a bit, if this is what it is. Because, I mean, what are we doing here? It's so immediate. Not even 24 hours. Not even 24 hours from kickoff. This was at, like, 10 a.m. this morning. Central time. But, st- like, made no sense. And this commitment to Andy Dalton when Justin Fields clearly – I mean, do you think Bill Lazor, uh, like Bill Lazor probably damn near passed out when you heard this, right? Yeah. Well, oh, no, no. Hey, of, of course, Bill Lazor knows this was coming because because everything's internal. And we as coaches, mm-hmm. we meet on Mondays and on Mondays we talk about everything. And then ultimately everything goes through me. So, no, Bill Lazor, <laughs> Bill Lazor is prob- you're probably not surprised to hear it, but he's still probably, Bill you know, you know, probably banging his head somewhere. Yeah, Bill Lace is about to quit before the end of the year, man. I mean, this dude is uh, Jesus, man. But I like so the like obviously this is frustrating. This is annoying for Bears fans, but this has serious implications when you talk about Justin Fields' development. I mean, like like Jake said in the beginning of the show, this, this is a player who you know bounces back consistently, and I, and I think it's evident is just going to get better by developing yeah. on the field. What the hell is like you are going to ruin the kid if you sit him back down and not let right. and let him you know look at a tablet for four hours? Like what it makes zero sense. And and that's why I'm like, I don't like I, I have trouble believing that Matt Nagy really cares about the overall development of Justin Fields because it doesn't take a rocket scientist, it doesn't take a genius head coach to know what's best for the kid. I mean, we have where goes one in the chat who says, you know, I've watched every game with Justin Fields play at OSU, so have I, and, and is saying from from the start that Justin Fields has been a learn on the field type player. Everybody in the universe knows that, but he doesn't like at this Mm -hmm. point, I don't like, we talked about the pinky promises, Jake. We talked about the blind loyalty to Andy Dalton. And I thought we were past it. I did. I thought we were past it once. You know, you got lucky. You got lucky with the injury. He got to give him a chance without having to hurt anybody's feelings for any particular reason. And from there, it could have all been in the past. And he I mean, this this was the perfect situation. This was the perfect situation. We talked about that two weeks ago. Perfect. Literally on a gold platter, on, on a gold yeah. platter. And he fucked it up. He fucked it yeah. up. I, and yeah, I mean, it was exactly what you could have wanted. And uh, I don't know. And I think, I mean, every, everyone, you, I mean, whether it's Fishbane or our friend Adam Hogue or our other pal Adam Johns, like everybody's saying Justin Fields is the star. He deserves to start another game after that game in which he opened up your passing attack and he, and he, led you to win essentially he showed you a lot of promise and exactly what you wanted to look for him 
And I mean, one of the comments on YouTube right now, Laser and DeFilippo are going to beat up Nagy in the locker room. I think Nick Foles might be part of that group too. Yeah, judging might. off his comments in the past too. <laughs> like you might have Nick Foles going in there and beating it. I mean, can you, I mean, I wouldn't blame them. And I, it is insane. This commitment to Andy Dalton, you could have not asked for a better situation, a good game against the Lions, a lot of good, solid founding uh, building blocks for you to take into a weak Raiders defense. I think the Raiders are a beatable team, but you need an offense that's going to keep up with Derek Carr, who's looking like an MVP candidate, and we'll see what he does against the Chargers tonight. He might strengthen that case, but has so far been a top five quarterback in the league this season. You're going to probably be in a shootout, possibly. You're going to need to score points at the very least. So it might not be a shootout because your defense is still a top 10 unit, but you're going to have to score points to beat the Raiders. And so if you're trying out Andy Dalton, those are going to be hard to come by no matter who's calling plays. Yeah. 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 You think, and Dennis Plank in the YouTube chat says, I think we all went in on that regarding the, the beat up of Matt Nagy. Uh, the whole fans, as our guy, Greg Baggs Jr. would say, are ready to riot. If that actually happens, we'll show up to Hallis hall with, with uh with some signs and stuff but uh you know the other thing too like we've talked about the implications and things but you know it's just part of it is about confidence too and i don't know like obviously justin Fields is going to buy into what matt Nagy says and he says that in the press conference that you know this is my head coach i'm gonna buy into it but you gotta think there's something in the back of his mind that's thinking you know does he not have confidence in me does he not really believe in my abilities you know you know all of those factors i mean the fact that you are still you know, doubling down on that, you know, I, I got to believe there's part of him that's really thinking, you know, is that is there really something there that, that there's a lack of confidence? And Jake, this has been consistent. This was consistent with Mitch Trubisky. Uh, I don't even know if it was consistent with Nick Foles, but that lack of confidence has existed before. And he's probably he noticed that Justin knows that Justin recognized that. And I wonder if he's thinking, you know, this this feels like the same thing for me. No, I and I think a better example, we look at Miami. Look what Brian Flores is doing mm-hmm. with Tua Tagovailoa when he's when he's healthy. You know, yank him. You know, with Fitzpatrick, put him in, right. start him, then yank him, start him, yank him, and they, or Fitzpatrick start. Okay, yank him, put Tua in. So, and, and granted, we have questions about how good Tua is. You know, Justin Fields is probably going to be a good NFL quarterback. There were questions about Tua as he was drafted. When Justin Fields was drafted, everyone's saying, "How the hell did he fall so far? He's going to be a really good quarterback at some point." Now. I, I'm completely with you, and there were a couple of columns about that too. Like, you sit him back on the bench. What kind of message are you sending to the kid? So, you already you already put him in. You already have him starting. You know he's going to be the future. You know Andy Dalton is the future, so you might as well roll with it. And you know, granted, it was the Lions, but you, your offense looked good for the first time. You know, it looked fine against Cincinnati, but your offense looked wire to wire really good. And so why as well just build upon that? And there's no reason not to, except if you're Nat Nagy and you're worried about hurting Andy Dalton's feelings, I guess. You said, what are you telling the kid? What are you telling the team? That, that, that's yeah, what I want to focus true. on. What the hell are you telling the team, man? I mean, we, and, and, and I, I wasn't at the game. I, I wasn't able to look at the sideline, but you, you feel it. You feel it. You feel it when Justin scores and the excitement that there is from his teammates. And it's not like that isn't there with Andy Dalton or any quarterback for that matter. Obviously, your team's going to be excited when you score and you do things well. But it's, mm. you you know it's different. You know you know the team is electrified. I mean, it does, again, like these players are human. They know what's best for their team. They see it in practice every day. They have the game evidence. They watch the tape. They know it too. And every single player on that team, I don't care what you say about the money, 
everyone is there to win. Everybody wants yep. to win. All right. You know, there are everyone believes there's players who get a bag and check out. Maybe in rare instances, rare instances that happens at 99.9% of the time, a player who plays in the NFL, regardless of the money they get paid, wants to win and wants to get a ring and wants to win a Super Bowl. That's what it comes down to for these guys. What it comes down for everybody. They know what's best for this team. They know what's going to win them football games. So if you go back to the man who gives you less of an ability to win football games, you lose the locker room by correlation. You do. And we've already talked about how they might have already it might have already happened by just the quotes that have come out. But if you yes. actually make that executive decision, like you're not winning against the Las Vegas Raiders, not because of a X's and O standpoint, but because the team's not going to freaking give a shit. The team is not going to be happy. The team's going to be upset. They're going to be pissed and it's going to be evident. You got to figure out. That's my biggest gripe with it. it. That's to me, that's bigger. I have a bigger issue with that than I do with the, the confidence in Justin Fields and his development. I have the bigger issue of what that does for the rest of the guys in that locker room. I really, really do. Yeah. That would definitely send the wrong message. I think. Yeah, it's you just, think? So it will. And, <laughs> I mean, we don't know. This might have been, you know, Matt Nagy might have told Justin Fields last Wednesday that, hey, you're going to start. And you might have just been playing this weird game with the media and with the fans. But, I mean, at at what point are we, and I mean, we could talk about this more on Wednesday in our preview show, but, I mean, what's it going to take for you to be worried that Andy Dalton's going to start? Or are you already there? Um, I'm going to, here's what I'll tell you. Uh, If he he practices full. If he practices in full, I'll, I'll be mm-hmm. worried because for all we know, I mean, really, for all we know, the only reason he has not started the past two games is because of an injury. That That yeah. is, you know, obvious. I mean, obviously, he was not eligible to play in those two games. Right. Now, we don't know what the case would have been if he was healthy. We don't know if the games are true. We don't know. I mean, I would, I believe that they are. So if he's a full participant in practice and he is eligible to play, and I see that on the practice report on Wednesday – I will be legitimately worried that he's going to be dumb enough. Because what reason do I believe to have, do I believe that he wouldn't be dumb enough to do that? You know what I mean? Yeah. So no, I agree. That, that's it for me. What is it for you? Because it's that it, it's the health for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. I think he would, uh, even if he's a limited practice once. I think two full practices, maybe even one, honestly, but Just two one. full practices yeah. for sure. I would be, I would be worried. Um, yeah, I don't. Because it's it's just so insane and it's so it, it drives us all up the wall because we all know what the best course of action is and we don't exactly. have a legitimate reason for what Andy Dalton brings to the table other than he's a good guy. Like we don't have any real reasons and it does not make sense. And obviously it's Monday, so we're gonna find out more as the week goes on because we got six days until we have an answer to this question uh, because we know. Sure as hell that Matt Nagy's not going to tell us before Sunday, probably. Probably. Game time but, decision. We're going to evaluate it at game time. Oh, my God. Could you imagine, like, can you imagine, like, not telling your starting quarterback that he's going to be the quarterback on Sunday? Like, Seems harmful to a rookie seems, quarterback. Yeah. Seems harmful rookie, to a rookie seems, quarterback's development. And 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 let's also, I, I, do, I did want to kind of note this, too. Justin Fields is only the second rookie to get a win. Or he's the third rookie now to get a win this year. Zach Wilson sneaks it out against the the Titans, uh, and then Mac Jones's win was against a rookie against Zach Wilson. 
Justin Fields is arguably like he is arguably top three in rookie of the year conversation after playing two games because of how bad everybody else has looked. I mean, honestly, he is like, I just want to make that comparison between him and the other rookies because we've seen rookies do worse than him. We've seen Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence both be top two in the NFL and interceptions. Mac Jones looks all right, but they're not winning games as much, you know? So I like, he could win rookie of the year. He really, really could. If he gets the if he gets the opportunities in the next 14 games, I wouldn't say I, I would almost say he will. He will. If he starts the year, I'll put it in. I'll put it, I'll put it on I'll put it on tape. If if he plays the rest of the games the year the rest of the year, he will win offensive rookie of the year. And I would lock it in. I don't know what his odds are on FanDuel. They're probably plus like 2000 or something or probably not that high plus no, 1000 I, I believe he's, I, I'm I believe he's 8 to 1 possibly 8 to 1 okay that would make I sense so. because I can't think of an offensive rookie who'd be above him right now other than maybe Mac Jones because it's I think Jones just for the game. playing time and I mean yeah. I mean Jamar Chase had another good game on Sunday but sure yeah Jamar but quarterback always quarterback yeah, over wide receivers right. yeah they're always going to yeah. get that 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 benefit of the doubt but um do you have anything else you'd like to get off your chest, Jake? No, nope, just is... it's just we can never have one day. We can't even have one day. It's so infuriating. Well, one we can day. have Tuesday, Tuesday, because nothing happens on Tuesday. So yeah, but so we can Tuesday, still be mad about yesterday. Talking about what happened on Monday? <laughs> about today? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, I yeah, we just uh, that's all we asked. I'm going to write a letter to House Hall say, can we just have one day? We gonna have it one day. That's all we all we want is one day. Just okay, one day. Um, twenty four hours. Uh, I had some other stats written down. Uh, not really. I, I had uh, I had one. Uh, I never got to. Bears top. T- I, I think I did mention this though. They're top ten again in turnover margin per game. All mm-hmm. teams in the top ten, other than Indianapolis, are five hundred or above. Just goes to show you how important a turnover margin is to winning football games. And if they continue on this rate of turnovers, whether it's off the shoulder pad of you know uh, Jared Goff or not, it, it's still in the hands of your defense that's going to win you football games. And number two, uh, just some exciting news. Jarrett Payton, Walter Payton's son, now works for WGN, uh, you know, presents that Walter Payton Man of the Year honor. Will be on this show in the very, very near future. Um, yep. Just want to throw that out there. We're going to have a lot of fun with that. So a little promo on that. Um, it's going to be great talk with him. He's a great guy. So uh, we have that coming up. And, yeah, that that's it for the little promo there. Great job by like Kevin that? there. Really, really like great. That? Really great PR for the show right there. But, no, that I think that does it for this. Uh, our final more of the story it's winning is more fun than losing justin mm-hmm. fields is starting is more fun than andy dalton starting winning is more fun than losing that's basically it i just want to hammer that one home you're back at 500 you have a tough sliding tough slate coming up but winnable games and i mean we're gonna find out a lot about the bears over these next four weeks but we'll talk about that and more we'll talk about this raiders game that is coming up in this next week and we'll talk about that on wednesday at 7 p.m. right here, Chicago Bears, well, Bears Nation podcast, all of our YouTubes, Twitch, Twitter, you know, who knows if Facebook or Instagram will be back. I could live without it personally, but whatever. Um, anyway, yeah, Kevin, always a pleasure. I'll talk to you Wednesday. Yeah, going to be a lot of fun. Uh, be on the lookout for that Jared episode too. But yeah, we'll see you Wednesday, my man. All right, we'll see everyone Wednesday. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching, commenting. We appreciate all of you. And as always, bear down. Bear down. Bear down.